Hey guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast where we are ranking every single horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Um, hot boy summer is over, <laughs> and now we're just into that liminal space between summer and fall where uh, everything's just terrible and painful. But I went to the at home the other day, and they're already putting their Halloween decorations out. See, this is—I uh, think we've discussed this before—that uh, the, the real the real thing to worry about is uh, the war on Halloween, um, because always Halloween happens. And then, like you know, on on October twentieth, like everybody is sort of rolling out the Thanksgiving and Christmas stuff, and it's just please, just give us give us this one this one month out of the year. Yeah. So so I'm here for rolling out halloween decorations mid-august i think it's the right thing to do i think so too that's i mean listen i've got neighbors who still have their christmas lights up like it's surely surely that ought to be fine i think honestly like do you have any plans for halloween this year is it just sort of like try not to die of covid because that would be spooky yeah yeah um what we did last year and is is similar to what we're going to try to do this year which is controlled trick-or-treating meaning get people in the know to prepare trick-or-treating as if the children were actually going to strangers houses but it's all like planned and coordinated so it's just Ah. like you know i'd call you up and say hey we're coming to your house about 6 30 um we're gonna ring the doorbell act surprised and give my children candy (laughs) I mean, at the very least, I like that you don't have to pretend to be Santa Claus. Like, you don't have to pretend to be uh, the Halloween hound or, <laughs> or or no-noggin. Like, you don't have to tuck your head up into a hoodie and be like, Happy Halloween, child I've never met. Yeah, thankfully, Halloween's... Um, the true heroes of Halloween are just the people that live near you. <laughs> I mean, this is also a way better version of the thing that um, when I was a kid, when my mom decided that Halloween was satanic for uh, a year, and we did trunk or treat at the church, um, which I think is the canonically the saddest impersonation of trick or treating, is just like loitering in your biblically approved costume in a church parking lot and being like, "Yeah, I'm dressed as Noah. Can I have some bit of honey from your Volvo?" <laughs> and it's just, it's a, it's a bad time. I'm. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep it uh, 100 with you. The, Halloween this year is getting me through uh, August. Like, yeah, the, pr- the prospect just, of October. The finish line on the other side of the, like, weird. So uh, I recently went to downtown Nashville, which is its own kind of clusterfuck in the age of COVID. Oh, yeah. And uh, my girlfriend and I were talking to our uh, waiter, who had moved to Nashville, like, that week. And he's like, it's so humid, but I'm thankful that the fall weather is is right around the corner. And we're like, my guy, you have to wait all of August. August gets hotter than than July. And he's like, what? What do you mean? (laughs) Oh, God. Like, Tennessee weather, I feel like... I still elementally remember it, which is why in California, I've, like, my bones are always sort of bracing for, like, all right... It could be all asses and elbows in, like, ten minutes. We're going to have to stay ready. Um, which is weird contrasting with how the weather never fucking changes in, in Southern California. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, yeah. So uh, what what ghoul shit have you been up to lately? Like, what have you, what have you been ensconced in? Well, I picked up 
a totally bogus Halloween uh, mixtape, which is a project that Forever Bogus and Magnetic Magic Rentals uh, do together, which Ooh. are VHS mixtapes of Halloween stuff. So it's old commercials of like the drugstore that will let you return candy as long as it's unopened the next day. <laughs> so like there, there's this wonderful commercial on this volume three of this tape where this like henpecked husband is like, fuck you, Lois. I'm going to buy this, this shopping cart of candy. <laughs> and she's like, that's too much candy. You'll have candy for next year's Halloween. He's like, no, because the De- DeVry pharmacy will let me return it. <laughs> anything that's unopened tomorrow. All of this just sounds like the Midwest. Like, I feel like Midwestern Halloween, like, it's it's primarily a commercial-based enterprise, I feel. Um, God damn. Like, wait, so where where is this? It's like Halloween mixtapes? Like, where, where, where does one acquire yeah, this? Yeah, so this is a physical tape that I purchased from uh, Forever Bogus's... Um, tape sale that he was doing ah. on Instagram recently. I am not sure how many of these are in quote print unquote because they're technically hand dubbed tapes mm-hmm. but they have like custom uh, labels and a custom clamshell like the like a like a old uh, Disney tape like a big Oh yeah, the big box. It looks like pastry. Like my 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 instinct is always to eat the clamshell box. <laughs> like it's I think that's just my monkey brain going fruit and then it's like I yeah wanna wanna eat that. Um holy shit. I yeah, I need I need to look into this. Honestly, like all of my I've I've been going through a phase where I'm like I need physical media because like I don't know, like and what it was was the complete indignity of having to get Paramount Plus to watch RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. <laughs> and this for me is just like, I can't abide it. Like, I got a whole new streaming service just for this one thing. What it is, actually, I probably can't use, talk about pirating openly on a podcast, so I'm definitely not going to do that. But I feel like I need to sort of find alternate methods of, of getting stuff, because uh, money doesn't grow on trees and there's too many streaming services. I'll tell you the good thing about Paramount Plus is it also has every episode of MTV's dating show Next. Oh my god, I completely forgot about Next. Is that the one where they, you, you get the like little flashcards of like lives with his uncle, enjoys drinking turpentine, is really afraid of fireflies? Yeah, hates the phrase Riverview. <laughs> <laughs> Actual Why? card on on a Next contestant. So the other next is if for for those of you born after the year two thousand who listen to this show, <laughs> next was a dating show on MTV wherein they took a party bus and filled it with bachelors and got a bachelorette to go on very contrived dates, and a contestant would win dollars per minute they were on the date and at the end they could decide to go on date number two or just take the money and run uh there's also (sighs) a phenomenon on the show called the insta next do you recall this ryan no what is the is this where you just like hit skip and go to the next person the insta next is when the contestant gets off the bus and the woman goes nah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just immediately go, I don't know, no, and send me the next person. Fuck me. Imagine the crushing blow that would deliver to your ego to get insta-nexted. 
like they Here's... just take one look at you and go uh uh-uh, uh and then go with someone else like that i would i would have to be in therapy for years after getting insta nexted Here's what's buck wild. I was watching this recently, and a guy's strategy was get naked because it's <laughs> two, listen, it's two thousand three, and uh, you know Limp Biscuit is still a viable musical act. Limp Biscuit does not look like uh, Hunter S. Thompson's uh, baby boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Honestly, it yeah yeah it's it's just. It's just a lot. Side note to the side note: Fred Durst's mustache is enviable. Right he now. looks. He looks like he is doing the Beastie Boys sabotage video with his like <laughs> horseshoe mustache and aviators and like feathered hair combo. Like it's just a lot over there. Honestly, I would. Lo- I mean, obviously, shit talking Limp Biscuit is our right as Americans, and you know, we all uh, we we all let this happen uh, with Limp Biscuit happening. I, can't, I I definitely uh, credit them with being the way I got introduced to Wu Tang Clan at the very oh least. yeah for sure <laughs> like they did that song with Method Man and then as a child like this but you know I th- that's like I think the best thing you can say about shitty rap rock in the early two thousands is like you know maybe there was like a shitty rap rock to actual rap pipeline and a few people sort of you know were exposed to it in that way so you know it's that's that's not for nothing. Um, yeah, speaking it, it, of it could be yours. So back to yep. uh, Instanax. This man gets off the bus in just his socks and boxer shorts, and he doesn't get <laughs> power nexted. Wait, that? Huh? So nobody was just like, "Oh, get the fuck out of here." They were like, "I could stand to hear a little. I want to see where this is going." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting so anyway, good. They're rubbing their um, hands together. If you have. If you're made of money and have a million streaming services, go watch Next on Paramount+. Plus. You know what? I The next time I'm alone in the house for like a few days, I'm definitely, definitely marathoning all of MTV Next. Um, and, uh, and Room Raiders, where they go to each other's bedrooms and raid them. Let's dive into the movie we're doing for this week. Uh, Quincy, we are doing uh, Willy's Wonderland from technically 2021. Uh, apparently, it was meant to be released uh, last year, uh, the day before Halloween uh, in 2020, but then apparently it was postponed due to the COVID? Yeah, so this was going to be a theatrical release, and I just want to picture the alternate timeline where this was in physical movie theaters and just... <sighs> raked in cash hand over fist (laughs) yeah yeah uh this movie so obviously the thing is that uh willie's wonderland is uh an action horror comedy uh starring nicholas cage who does not speak a word of dialogue in this movie um which i gotta tell you it works for me having nicholas cage as the strong silent type in this film so is the idea that they couldn't get the IP for a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, so they just did the next best thing? They definitely filed the serial numbers off of Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, now, Quincy, have you? A uh, quick question here: Have you played Five Nights at Freddy's? What? Yes, I had to stop because it was too scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is upsetting. You've got fucking Chuck E. Cheese uh, animatronics rolling up on you and yelling like. 
Um, and for those of our listeners who are... Now, I know that we previously were talking to people born after uh, uh, the year 2000. For people born before the year 2000, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is a survival horror game where you are the security guard at a Chuck E. Cheese-style place, and it is haunted by animatronics, who I think the idea is that aren't they like the animatronics are alive underneath or possessed or something? Like, what's the... Are they just evil animatronics? They're, they've gone haywire. They're trying to kill you. Now, yeah. Willy's Wonderland goes full satanic ritual. The video games don't go that hard. <laughs> They're just like, things are are hinky, and yeah. you have to survive. Which, I mean, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's was created by a pretty right-wing Christian dude, so it makes sense to me that he wasn't like... Satan, <laughs> like he's that he's not. Uh, these this is the doing of the devil. Um, now the movie uh, is centered around uh, a town called Hayesville, Nevada, um, and Nicolas Cage is uh, he he just looks fucking great. He's got a beard. Uh, he's got he's wearing sunglasses throughout, um, and he is. It's never actually specified what it is he does, right? Like he's you think that he's maybe like a John Wick type. Yeah, all you know is he slams monster energy drink, purple monster energy drinks with uh, frightening regularity. So, you know, I thought, how, you, were, I thought you were going to um, say that he slams in the back of his Dragula, which is also true. <laughs> yeah, he also definitely slams in the back of that Dragula. <laughs> um, yeah, he's very much a John Wick type. He, he has a set of skills that we don't know. I, I was watching Paradox yesterday, which mm-hmm. is a um, Hong Kong action movie, which is another in the long list of Taken clones, where uh-huh. a daughter gets kidnapped and it just so happens that the father has a certain number of skills. It's like no, Oof. no one is ever kidnapped by uh, no one who's ever kidnapped has a dad who just suck shit and can't do anything it's always a dad who is like super skilled at everything you know best case scenario you get a dad a dad you get a dad who actually isn't really good at anything like in the hills have eyes remake and he's gotta like learn how to do terrible violence to people in a way that also uh makes him feel bad um i think that's like the only i'm actually a huge bag of shit and i'm not good at anything and i have to like Make it. I just got to make it to the lip sync, basically, at the end of this, I, of this movie. I want more inept men in horror movies. Like, I think we oh, yeah. really need to lean into white men are mediocre and can't do anything Ooh, in speak, horror. Speaking, I totally agree. Speaking of which, do you know about Come to Daddy? No, tell me more. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, Quincy. Here's the. I know that we're supposed to be talking about the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, uh, Jimmy Hart WCW cover version with Nicolas Cage. The thing about Come to Daddy is that it stars Elijah Wood, uh, and I think it was produced by Elijah Wood and his um, film company SpectreVision. And he plays this character who like goes to visit his estranged father, and the movie flips itself on its head like twenty minutes in. This character is really bad at everything, and it just like watching. I mean, and and Elijah Wood is I, I think n- never afraid of looking weak on screen. Like I can never picture Elijah Wood doing like a Triple H I'm going over thing with like having to look strong in movies. I really appreciate. We should definitely do Come to Daddy at some point. The title is off-putting, which is why I didn't watch it initially. 
Um, but yeah, like I've got a huge fondness for movies that have a protagonist who's not particularly good at stuff or smart or strong. Um, but Willy's Wonderland is not that kind of movie. Not that kind of movie, and God bless you. You have for it. this uh, Mary Sue guy. So he runs over a uh, speed trap, like a like a um, spike um, strip. Oh yeah, like a road a road spike strip. Speaking of hills, have eyes. Um, and you sort of know off top that there's something hinky going on, um, because his, uh, his, his Dragula gets, um, unfortunately slammed by the, by the spikes, and he is in this little town, uh, called Hayesville, and the local sheriff and associated authority figure, he's like a car salesman or something? Yeah, so, like, the sheriff and this car salesman guy are in cahoots, and the car salesman slash mechanic is like, yeah, we can fix your car, but um, we won't be able to do it right away because you can't pay with a credit card. Which I do appreciate that this dude doesn't have cash because who does carry cash? Yeah, what, and- kind, of, what kind of maniac carries just all cash on them? Like, <laughs> yeah. And- yeah, so... He's like, we're we're out in the desert. There's no Wi-Fi, so uh, you'll have to work off your debt by cleaning up the Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. Now the thing is, so you, you sort of know off top, like, okay, the the fix is in. They they're just trying to get this guy uh, into Willy's Wonderland, which is a huge uh, Chuck E. Cheese style thing. Side note here, Quincy, are you familiar with Chuck E. Cheese during the pandemic? Um, yeah, the whole Pasquale's pizza. Yep. So uh, yeah, good for them. The thing that I don't understand is how Chuck E. Cheese has not hit the American court system to try to, to stop all this Chuck E. Cheese defamation. So it's really strange to me because children love Five Nights at Freddy's, mm-hmm. but children also love... Charles Entertainment Cheese. Charles Entertainment Cheese and uh, Freddy Fazbear, I think, are just, you know, it's like uh, two sides of the same coin. I, I think it's, you want, now, which also here, I know that this is going to be a lot, I don't mean to do a lot of Chuck E. Cheese deep cuts. Are you familiar with Chuck E. Cheese animatronic music today, like in 2021? No, I, I am not. <laughs> you should look it up uh, on Spotify, oddly enough. It's it's weirdly anti-capitalist. And it's, <laughs> and it's written and sung by the guy, I shit you not, from Bowling for Soup as oh, Chuck E. Cheese. Like, he is portraying Charles Entertainment Cheese in the music that him and his terrible band play. Um, yeah, go check it out on Spotify. It's actually, they got some bops. They got some bops. Are we in agreement that the only reason why Chuck E. Cheese's band is terrible is because they replaced the Rock of Fire explosion <laughs> yes. of his pizza? <laughs> Completely. Dude, my, my, my dad actually used to drive for showbiz pizza when I was a very, very small child. Uh, I'm, I'm permanently fond of it. Um, but yeah, like, so he's in this place. Now, my question here, if the sheriff and the car salesman are, are uh, putting spike strips on the road and luring unlucky souls into Willy's Wonderland, what is there progress with the cleaning that has been done there? Or do they have to go back in and mess the place up a little bit after somebody has done the cleaning on the last one? Or is it like, I don't know, is is this is the the. F- fetid waste pool that is uh, Willy's Wonderland like 
I don't know. Like, have all of those changes stayed as everybody has come in and cleaned, or does it, do they have to go back in and mess it up? You know, it seems, though, that during the progress of the film, it is an, it is supposed to be a Herculean task. It's like, you know, no one is uh, refilling that stall with bullshit. <laughs> it's just always been there. So yeah. I think that's why the thing is they're like, oh... We can say that just to clean this place up because no one lives long enough to clean the place up. That's actually a great point. The 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 cowboy hat man, uh, car car salesman, who is uh, you know sort of conscripting Nicolas Cage into cleaning the place, gives him a couple of like rules where he's like you know remembered you know you have to take breaks while doing this. The movie c- commits to this in a way I don't totally understand. I I don't either. It's very off putting. Yeah, so what because he takes regular pomodoros. He's doing the pomodoro <laughs> technique for cleaning this goddamn uh, pizza place, and he there's one part where they lean so heavily into this joke that he's mid fighting an animatronic and whipping its ass and stops to go drink a energy drink and play pinball. Yeah, yeah, it's it's at that point I was I actually think I blurted. Oh come on. Uh, with with this gag now the pinball um, now and and they're, they're sort of doing like a requiem for a dream style close up uh, sort of you know quick cut thing every time that Nicolas Cage has to do this um, where he has to go in drink a soda play the pinball and then go back to go back to work um, side note here I'm definitely gonna cop one of those Willy's Wonderland uh, ringer T-shirts that oh they're very good <laughs> they're extremely good uh, but so he's cleaning the place up. We are introduced to the teens of uh, Hayesville, Nevada, and I will say here, this is a, a profoundly killable group of teens. Oh, they're so killable. It's, it's, it's really good. It warms my heart when we meet a group of teens and you just know that... 98% of them are going to be dead by the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, these are ba- this is this is mascot bait. Like this is this is animatronic food. They're they're the kind of uh teen character that you used to get in the early early uh 2010s in horror where it's just all they do is talk about how much they want to fuck and make stupid jokes and they're awful to each other. Uh, except for um, the the main uh, the main lady, uh, her name is Liv, and Liv uh, is uh, the not daughter, the adopted daughter of uh, sh- uh, the sheriff Eloise, who is the sort of like uh, Margot Martindale esque like tough Southern lady who uh, has this kid. Who what does she do at the top of the thing that she gets handcuffed to something in the trailer by her mom? So her the sheriff. Uh, handcuffs her daughter into the trailer because they're trying to burn down the Willy's Wonderland. They have soaked it in gasoline and they're going to light it on fire and she's like, not on my watch. Yeah, I mean, Hayesville looks like a parking lot with a postcode. There's gotta be fuck all to do here except have sex with your terrible teenage friends and burn down Willy's Wonderland. Like, that's, these are your two options. Um... And there's sort of an uh, oppositional relationship sort of uh, from Jump Street between the sheriff and Liv. Um, And so Liv's Liv's terrible friends come and rescue her from the thing. And then they all decide, like, all right, we're doing it. We're going to go over and we're going to torch this place. Because 
they they're not exactly revealing what happens at Willy's Wonderland, but they keep talking about like, no, that place is terrible, people die, and you've got graffiti all over the front of Willy's Wonderland that's just like, yo, the homicide happens in here, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you will die. So I I enjoy that they play the film as if uh, nothing is going to happen, and then finally, uh, in Scott Pilgrim esque fashion. Uh, Nicolas Cage has to fight one at a time the entire band of, of animatronics. Yeah, yeah. These, these are basically his terrible animatronic exes that he has to defeat. The, the first one, now, I I wasn't super hot on a lot of the fight scenes in this, but one that I will say fucking owned is the first one we get where he's in a bathroom uh, cleaning up and there is an animatronic gorilla named Gus Gorilla. Um, yes. Who Gus Gorilla is great. Gus Gorilla owns. Uh, he is. There's like a scream esque. You don't know which bathroom stall uh, this animatronic gorilla is. And here's here's what it is with Willy's Wonderland. Is it a good movie? Absolutely not. Is it a movie where Nicolas Cage punches the shit out of an animatronic gorilla who is yelling at him? Absolutely. Uh, Does uh, Nicolas Cage? break a gorilla's jaw over a uh, urinal by kicking the back of his head? Yes. Yes, indeed. He curb stomps an animatronic gorilla into a urinal, and it's it's great. Now, actually, let's get into uh, the, the whole the whole band. So the um, now... Um, so the mascots that they have to deal with are Willy Weasel, the eponymous Willy Weasel, uh, Artie Alligator, Cammy Chameleon, Ozzy Ostrich, Tito Turtle, Nighty Knight, with a K, Gus Gorilla, Rip in Peace, and Siren Sarah. And I will point out here, I fucking hate Siren Sarah, because that's not a, not an animatronic. No, it's it's like a a weird pixie thing, and it's like, no. Yeah. You're just you're stretching with that one. Siren Sarah is like a, a pixie character that's like Obviously, a fucking human being with like visible skin, with like a papier mache, papier mache, excuse me, with a papier mache head, and she's like doing dance moves and stuff. And I'm just kind of like, listen to me, stick with the theme, give me animatronic animals, fuck out of here with this obviously human actor wearing a bad mask. Like I, I don't know why that was the thing, the thing that I drew the line on, but. I feel like if you're going to give me Five Nights at Freddy's, you gotta commit. Give me Five, night at, five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, it's it's the little things in this movie that I'm like, really? I think it's because the movie is so over the top mm-hmm. that it, it leaves these very small details where you're like, you couldn't go that far. You went as far as to have a chameleon who actually has a tongue that grabs people from across the room and drags them to their death. Mm-hmm. But you can't make a full costume for a pixie yeah, siren. Completely. Yeah, which by the way, uh, the the chameleon doing the like reptile from Mortal Kombat fatality, it's pretty it's pretty dope. Um but yeah, yeah. like there, there's so many little bits of the movie that just you wish that they'd committed more. Um one thing that they do commit pretty hard to is the incessantly catchy Chuck E. Cheese music. Yeah, it's it's a real bop. It's still it's been like three weeks since I watched the movie, and it's still stuck in my head. Completely, the fucking uh, "It's Your Birthday" and we want you to have fun song on a, on a loop, and they they lean pretty hard on it. Like they just basically hit the space bar on that computer and walk away, and come back two hours later, and the song is still playing. 
So all of the teens with a Z uh, show up uh, to ostensibly burn the place down, and then they find the janitor, uh, played by Nicolas Cage, like, he's not trying to get out, but he's in there, and they know he's in there, so Liv is like, we have to go in and save him? Yeah, and they're like, uh, well, while we're inside a covered space, let's all have sex. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's get into the sex scene that happens in this movie, because I have been screaming about it since I watched this movie. So we are made aware. Quincy, give me give me the backstory of Willy's Wonderland. How, what, how did this place come to be? So we learn that the reason why they want to burn this place down is that Willie was a serial killer who owned a child's pizzeria and employed other serial killers in the pizzeria. Now, this is a pretty small municipality. How many fucking serial killers are there in Hayesville, Nevada? I'm guessing it's a message board thing or, or something. Yeah. It's probably a GeoCities or an Angel Fire ring. Alt news group serial killers. Yeah, absolutely. So so they all have jobs in this pizza parlor and they find kids and their families and elect to give them a special like pizza party in the in the like champagne room basically (laughs) basically the champagne room for children yeah and that's where they do all their killings uh so then the cops get wise to (laughs) the you know hundreds of children that have been murdered in this place and in order to escape the police uh willie uses satanic rituals to put all of their souls into animatronics yeah yeah and it's like they're they're doing proper satan shit with like i mean you know i appreciate that they're going actually committing and giving us a giant fucking pentagram and a giant satan room for this uh but so you've got their cannibals also like this movie was really going ham on like there there are eight animatronics in this possessed by the spirit of themed serial killers so that's fun um Two of these teens, the the, the particularly horny teens, um, are in this room that they know uh, was the venue for several gruesome, like, family annihilations. Yeah, they just talked about it, and they're like, (laughs) well, let's go ahead and fuck anyway. There's a ball pit, and I've always wanted to have sex in a ball pit. (laughs) God, just so many people have died, and I can't even imagine how many gallons of blood this place has seen anyway i'm not getting any younger want to fuck in a ball pit and they do and they uh get gruesomely murdered while fucking uh, in this room which they had to have known was going to have like you at this point you are tugging on the reaper's robe yeah you in the tiger cage you gotta face the tiger (laughs) don't bump uglies in the murder room like that's just wait until you're like listen there's got to be broom closets there's got to be bathrooms Although maybe you don't want to fuck in a bathroom in this movie because a gorilla will come out and kill you. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. Don't don't fuck in the champagne room is what it is. I uh, I think Chris Rock warned us warned us of this once. Um, we had our we should have listened. <laughs> Chris Rock was the Cassandra to these kids' death. Like he knew he knew it was to come. Um, but so we get sort of uh, Nicolas Cage running the gantlet of uh, killing all of these animatronic animals uh, a couple of them like i don't know like i i, I would I, i'll actually go on the record here the kills in this are pretty dope yeah 
Um, Nighty Knight, who is a giant, like, sort of, he looks like a Little Caesars mascot, um, just fucking straight up impales one of these kids with a sword, which is pretty cool. The only um, mascot I don't quite care for is Tito the Turtle, because, um, well, to, to put it indelicately, he's racist. Yeah, how, let's get into Tito Turtle. Why is how is Tito Tito Turtle uh, problematic? So Tito Turtle is a um, turtle with a sombrero and a very small, uh, you know, Tio uh, mustache. Yeah, like, and you're sort of watching this movie and being like, I didn't need the weird Mexican caricature turtle. Like, oh, and he always speaks Spanish. Obviously, yeah. Although, I guess, at least he's not doing heavily accented, like, speedy Gonzalez English, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's not a... He doesn't have a slowpoke Rodriguez accent, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and and he is a far cry, at least, from the, the little person, uh, Spanish Nazi, in Rob Zombie's 31. So... Oh, yeah, because Argentina, and Nazis <laughs> in Argentina. <sighs> Yeah, like that's, you know, there's probably a little bit of overlap between Rob Zombie's 31 and, and uh, Willy's Wonderland a little bit. Um, you know, we, we get uh, Nicolas Cage fighting off all of these monsters. We eventually find out the the backstory for why uh, Willy's Wonderland is a satanic haven for animatronic animals. And basically it's that didn't they struck uh, a devilish deal with the the, the leaders of Yeah, uh, the town? sheriff... Figured out that, oh, so the animatronics just will kill anyone and they won't stop. Uh, and if they don't get sated, they'll just wander around town and just eat everyone. <laughs> so the sheriff and the owner of the restaurant, the new owner of the restaurant, and the mechanic all agree that if they keep feeding goons to the animatronics, then they're cool. We yeah. also learn that Liv is a child that survived her parents being murdered by the animatronics, and our sheriff guiltily um, adopted her. Yeah, as a kind of you know, you know, at least I saved one of them. I think uh, actually the movie starts. It, there's a married couple at the top of this thing that I think gets gets murked. Um, as a, a sort of pre-movie scene, is that was that supposed to be Liv's parents getting got? Yes, the cold open is Liv's parents being murdered. And I mean, th- now I've got a couple of problems with the thought process behind the townsfolk <laughs> deciding to feed a steady supply of hapless wanderers into the maw of Chuck E. Cheese. Why, like, just move? Just move yeah. to a different town? <laughs> Like, why do you gotta stay in Hayesville, Nevada, my guys? Like, and also, how many how many people are there in this town before this uh, gang of cannibal serial killers have just fucking eaten everybody in town? You know, uh, strangely enough, living in Tennessee perfectly explains this. Uh, I am home to a uh, state. I, my my home is a state whose governor finally acquiesced to taking a uh, nationally renowned um, Klansman out of the Capitol building, but then the next day declared Nathan Bedford Forrest Day 
to celebrate Nathan Bedford Forrest. Hachi, uh, my governor also has said he will not close the state because of COVID no matter what. Jesus uh, Christ. And and he kind of sucks shit. Yeah. However, uh, I get mad when people call my state shitty because it's my home. Yeah. And I've lived here my entire life. And like... I've clearly had the option to leave and, and have not. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I think it's it's the kind of thing where it's like, no, damn it. Um, I should have the right to a nice home that's not haunted by animatronic uh, serial killers. <laughs> you know what, like, actually? That's a great point. Fuck, fuck my drag. If you, live, you know, if you live in Hayesville, Nevada, you deserve to be able to, like, kick back without worrying about your children being eaten by Grimace from McDonald's. Yeah, and if all it takes is to occasionally feed them some outsider, you know, go for it. <laughs> it's just listen. We all do what we got. You know, in this economy, we you know we've all got we all wear a lot of hats. But what's incredible is that uh, all of these crazy murders happened before uh, the 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 gang of murderers got um, you know before they possessed the animatronics. Bunch of murders happened. Families got sacrificed. Um, and then they all, uh, what, the serial killers all committed um, ritual suicide, I think, together yeah. so that they could live forever. What's amazing is that uh, the, the used car salesman guy with the 10-gallon with the Stetson tried opening the place back up after, like, a decade of the place being closed down after these crazy murders. Yeah, it's which is also seems crazy, except that... Chuck E. Cheese is still open in 2021 and is still doing business mid-COVID. Man, it's just got to be like a fucking Petri dish and it's Chuck E. Cheese right now. Like what? Now, this is, it's, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll level with you here. People who are going to like Disney World right now are aliens to me a little bit because I'm like, are we just occupying different realities? You know, what's weird is um, I have not gone, but I know several people that have, and they've told me that the uh, COVID protocol is stronger nowhere else than in the Kingdom of the Mouse. That <laughs> Very good. It is so strict that it's like mind-boggling, and, and it feels very safe. In a way that uh, I rented a beach home and stayed a week without uh, contact with the outside world. And mm -hmm. That was scarier than apparently an experience at Disney <laughs> World. Is. I mean, that that kind of checks out, actually. That they, I mean, anybody who dies uh, of COVID at Disney World will not be declared dead until they are safely removed. Their bodies are safely removed from the premises. Like, nobody has ever legally special... died at Disneyland <laughs> or Disney World on paper. There's a special tunnel system. <laughs> yeah. Just for the body. You know what? Like, it's like some H.H. Holmes shit when you really get into the workings of, like, Disneyland and how ruthlessly that place operates. There's, like, a conveyor belt for bodies under the place. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's run like a Swiss watch. Um... But yeah, yeah, you know that's the thing. You're totally right. Uh, the the residents of Hayesville, Nevada, are are doing their best. Um, one assumes. I mean, listen, they're they they look like they're pretty hard to take down. If it took like Nicolas Cage, professional uh, Chuck E. Cheese uh, murderer, to come in and start snapping necks. Yeah, and they're very surprised. They're like, 
we have nothing else to do now <laughs> that he's yeah well and and the sheriff uh, gets word that actually he's fucking shit up and killing all of them and then that's when she is like uh which feels ungracious to me that like look if you put somebody in there with eight scary animatronics and they manage to best all of them let him go yeah like she's like okay you you're not gonna in the curse because i guess they're ghosts and they can repossess other things but she's like so you know just leave well enough alone i'll kill you and sorry willie please don't leave this building again uh, Whoa! I didn't. I didn't realize that there was the risk of them repossessing anything. Because I was. I was sort of like, if I'm. If I'm a gun lady, you know, and I live in terror of these animatronic nightmares, living in this giant ramshackle uh, children's entertainment center. If you put fucking John McClane in this building and he starts cleaning house, I mean, if I'm her, I'm kind of like, thanks, man. Like, if you can rid us of this, she she believes that it's impossible. That uh, that it is an unwinnable scenario, and that uh, they'll just get angry and leave, and and that's be- it. It checks out because then she's immediately killed by the animatronics, and then he finally is able to like finish the job. That makes sense, because, yeah, so she, you know, comes in and tries to sort of tip the the pinball machine. Which, by the way, let's talk about the best scene in the movie. Uh, which is Nicolas Cage's saucy pinball machine dance. Yes. It's just fucking great. He goes on one of his breaks, and he's just shaking his hips, playing pinball. Honestly, the soundtrack on this movie is pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty good. And um, he just it's, it's a custom Willy's pinball machine. And it it really needs more screen time than it gets. It's very cool. Now they gotta have reproductions of the Willy's Wonderland pinball machine now, right? Surely, if you can buy a Willy's Wonderland shirt, you can buy a Willy's Wonderland pinball. I machine. know, I know what it is. You know how back in the '80s, like every children's cartoon was basically just like a 20 minute commercial for children's toys. Yeah, Willy's Wonderland the movie is that, but for people our age who really like merch. Yes. Like, yes. This is immediately like tote where, bags galore. <laughs> where do I get the sodas? Where do I get the pinball machine? Yeah, so many tote bags. Um, now, this movie, like, I, I do appreciate the fact that Nicolas Cage never actually speaks at any point. Um, because, especially with Nicolas Cage, you're always kind of waiting for him to cage out, and he just kind of never does. But he totally does in terms of, like, his physicality when he's fighting these monsters. Like, he really goes for it in a way that I appreciate the shit out of. Yeah, have you have you thought that this is the second Nicolas Cage movie that we've talked about on this show where he doesn't have lines? Oh wait, what's the first one? Mandy. Oh, that's right. Shit. Ooh, I think I liked Mandy more than this actually, and I didn't, and I didn't care for Mandy like this. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk about it. Why do you like Mandy more than Willy's Wonderland? Mandy more. Um, I like. I think I like it more because it commits a little bit more to its aesthetic. I don't know if that's true. Like, it goes for the psychedelic thing. It goes for the, like, psychotronic, sort of splashy, crazy violence. Where with Willy's Wonderland, there were so many moments where I feel like I could see where if it went a little more ham on the violence or on the aesthetic or on 
you know, something like I, I'm, I, I feel like there's something missing from Willy's Wonderland, and I'm not sure what it is. Does that make sense? Do you think it's because it was meant to be in the movie theater, and part of this was, you know, an effort to just get that R rating and not the dreaded NC-17? That's a great question, actually, because, like, I the movie Gravity, for example, I didn't see it in theaters, and so I, I didn't really get the, the fun experience of, like, you know, sort of having my mind blown away by the visuals. I saw it on a little TV in my home, and was like, this movie sucks shit, and it's badly written, and I don't like it. Um, and I know a lot of people who really, really love Gravity, so I'm wondering if maybe I just needed to see Nicolas Cage curb-stomping an animatronic gorilla on a urinal on the big screen with a bag of popcorn and a Dr. Pepper to really appreciate what the movie was doing. You know, we talk a lot about the Friday Night Test. I think there is something to be said about the experience... And how that can kind of color our appreciation of movies. Oh, totally. But but interestingly enough, Mandy was a straight-to-VOD release, <laughs> and yet it owns bones over Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, completely. Like, it's, yeah. I, I well, And the thing with Willy's Wonderland also, there is another thing that I really like about it, which is there's kind of a lone wolf and cub aspect with Liv and the janitor. I'm... Always a sucker for like gruff, uh, gruff killer guy with like a code of honor and like a spunky kid like going on adventures. Like I'm always gonna show up for that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a very uh, Leon the professional. Yeah, but without the creepy Luke Besson vibes. <laughs> like if we could just like <laughs> siphon that out, we're good. Um, so they fight their way through the thing. Basically, all of these extremely expendable killable teens get expendably killed. Um, and we're left with just Liv and the janitor. Um, now we get we get Willie uh, murdering the shit out of uh, the sheriff and just like ripping her the fuck in half. Like the effects. Now the effects in this movie, I will also definitely give it a gold star for practical effects, which I'm a big fan of in horror. Like they. Oh yeah, they definitely made these big goofy costumes for actors to walk around in. That's, and I think that's the saving grace of this movie for me, is that if it had been like a CG affair, I would have just been like, this movie sucks shit, you know? But the fact that they have, I don't know, like a lot of attention to detail went into those costumes and the effects, and when she gets ripped in half by Willie Weasel, it's like a bag of uh, tomato soup getting ripped open. Like, it's just crazy. The Five Nights at Freddy's movie is is historically been in production hell for years now. Mm-hmm. What is it going to have to do to uh, play catch-up to the Banana Splits movie and Willy's Wonderland and probably the three more movies that will come out before <laughs> the actual... Uh, intellectual property <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> and, movie comes out and Brother Bear and the and Meet the Feebles like it's yeah I honestly alright here's what it is you're gonna have to do it found footage I think like Ooh, for a Freddy yeah. for, a, for a Five Nights at Freddy's thing going cinematic is the wrong way to go I think for that because so much of the horror of playing that game is putting yourself in the person of a janitor who's or not a janitor like a, a, a night security guy who's you know getting spooked by animatronics I think that would work pretty well if you did that, but I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I think... I've, and I've, there's the built-in drama of, like, in that video game, you only have power to 
uh, hold the door shut or look at the cameras. There's not a lot enough electricity to do both Mm -hmm. so there's some very easy uh suspense right there oh yeah which i i really appreciate that about the game i also really love about horror games um in the last like 15 years or so that we've really moved away which as you know uh i'm a, a, a huge super fan of doom like i've been playing doom for most of my life um and i appreciate that like in the last decade or so we've moved away from like i'm a fucking bloodthirsty killing machine who's just mowing down scores of goons that like survival horror now is very much like you've got a flashlight and a camera and not much fucking else and you need to get from point A to point B without getting got um and I appreciate about Five Nights at Freddy's that it's like, yeah, you can open and close a door and look at a camera, and that's how you're going to make it through this. And I, I think that's pretty neat. So let's rank this movie. Uh, Mandy is at number 420. Blaze it. <laughs> Blaze it. Um, I think I'm giving the edge to Mandy? But actually, goddamn, now that you've brought up the Friday night test, I actually could go either way. What do you think? You know, I think I could go either way, too. I was actually off-put by Mandy. Um, it's it's definitely a much more uh, splattery flick. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Cheddar Gob one is, oh, yeah. is uh, very gross. <laughs> it is extremely disgusting. I, I think the thing about Mandy that I don't care for so much is how telegraphed it is in terms of this is a revenge movie, where, like, it's trying to get... now, And actually, that's... That's why I think I might actually prefer Five Nights, or not Five Nights at Freddy, excuse me, uh, Willy's Wonderland, uh, is that it doesn't pretend to try to get me invested in a relationship the movie itself doesn't give a shit about because it wants to get onto all of the murdering. Um, oh, yeah, because they're just going to fridge the titular Mandy. Yeah, yeah, Mandy in that movie just exists as, you know, she's the dog in John Wick. Uh, and, like, that's fine, but at least John Wick gave us... I mean, first of all, I fucking love John Wick, but second of all, like, John Wick actually does the work of making that relationship matter, where with yeah, Mandy... Yeah, and the dog isn't just a dog. That's the thing that, like... Yeah. The thing I love about the John Wick movies is they continually play on it's just a fucking dog, mm-hmm. and the audience knows. Actually, it's not because the dog was purchased by his dead wife yeah. to help him get over her. And, like, in the third movie, when, like, his, uh... Like, the second movie, you find out, oh, the car had the picture of his wife in it, and mm-hmm. that's why it's not just the car. He has to get that. And then, like... In the third movie, when his house burns down, it's like, oh, because that's got all of his wife's stuff in it. Or, like, you know, he broke his cell phone, which has the one video left. It's like, there's all these things that, as over-the-top and ridiculous as the John Wick movies are, it gives you this kind of pathos where you're like, okay, I get it. I see why he is willing to do that. If it's the Mm -hmm. woman that he's willing to get out of the game for... Uh, would also, of course, be the woman he's willing to get back in the game for revenge for. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, also with John Wick, I mean, obviously there's, like, you know, what, one of the best movie monologues of the last, like, decade, where, you know, he's tied up and he's... It, it's the, uh, you know, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back speech. The The line that kills me from that was that the dog was a chance for him to grieve unalone. Like, that to me is such a cornerstone of all of why he does what he does, because it's just like, you've taken that away from him. Like, you, you, that was what took him out of the game, and now you've 
you know, violated that thing that he needed, so now this has to happen. Where with Mandy, like, it, that, that, that movie doesn't give a shit. And, like, and that's fine because, like, the gore and the psychedelia is fun, but, like, get out of here. Like, stop trying to pretend that I'm supposed to care about that relationship when the movie doesn't care about it. Where with, you know, Willy's Wonderland, do you want to watch Nicolas Cage ripping an animatronic weasel's head off? If so... Yeah, it's exactly... <laughs> what it is they do not try to do anything that and and again they give Nicolas cage zero characterization besides mm-hmm. like he's meticulous and he always likes a clean t-shirt and he'll put duct tape on his face it's just <laughs> just these really weird touches but that's it is just the idiosyncrasies it's no actual characterization because characterization is for cowards this movie is just about Nicolas cage beating up animatronics and you know what god bless it for that because i don't want the janitor to like you know pause in between um ripping out an an animatronic reptile's tongue to turn to the audience and go actually i would say that my neuroses started when my father abandoned and like just i don't give i don't give a shit about that for this character because he's he exists to be a blank cipher like he's he's meant to just be you know he's doom guy in chuck e cheese and that's perfectly fine um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, now, scrolling up the list a little bit, um, at number uh, 390, we have other uh, throwback retro movie, Beyond the Gates, um, featuring Barbara Cranston, and it's the, the movie with, like, oh, we found one of these, like, video board game things, but it's cursed, which, I mean, you know what? Friday Night Test is what we're going with here. Uh, Friday Night Test, Quincy, are you going with... Uh, Willie's Wonderland or Beyond the Gates? Uh, Beyond the Gates, Barbara Crampton is uh, the best. God. So I'm just yeah. going to go with her anytime. Now, here's the thing. At number 396, we have Un- Undertaker, He Buries Them Alive, the DVD <laughs> of the Undertaker casket matches. <laughs> Which is also like, guess what? Do you want to watch the Undertaker having casket matches? Because here's that. Uh, versus Willie's Wonderland with, do you want to watch Nicolas Cage doing battle with Chuck E. G's animatronics? I think I want to give the edge to Willy's Wonderland, um, at least because, listen, The Undertaker likes a good rest spot here and there. Um, Willy's Wonderland goes full bore from the time it starts to the time it stops in a way I, I kind of appreciate. I hear what you're saying. The only counter-argument I have is that that puts willie's wonderland above the baby which is a genuinely unsettling movie oh all right all right all right here we go i i I think i think i have a good a good ranking so at number 401 uh we have the baby which is y'all if you haven't seen the movie the baby i implore you to go look up the horror movie the baby um it is now that that's one of those movies where like while watching it i'm like am i supposed to be watching this um and it's genuinely really, really great and, like, transgressive and, and weird and interesting, but... It's right, an adult man who's treated like a baby. It's an adult man who's treated like a baby, but he's been, like, sort of conditioned by his scary, like, Munchausen by proxy family to believe, to be stuck as a baby. Um, and it's, it's genuinely harrowing. But right below the baby at number 402 is uh, Australian uh, movie The Loved Ones, which I'm not super high on and didn't really care for when I watched it, but what do you think of The Loved Ones? It's fine, but... Yeah. I I think I'd be comfortable at putting 
uh, Willy's Wonderland as our new number 402. Yeah, like my, I think my beef with The Loved Ones is that it's another movie that's just kind of like, it didn't really have anything more to say than the thing it said, which is fine, but it wasn't saying much. Um, so yeah, so I feel good about that. So coming in at our new number 402, uh, above The Loved Ones and below The Baby is Willy's Wonderland uh, from 2021. Uh, and yeah, guys, if you want to uh, check it out, it is currently on Hulu uh, streaming, so go and check it out if you want to watch Nicolas Cage uh, fighting some animatronic goons. Um, Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the internet? Our listeners can find us on our podcast network's webpage. That's FaustianNonsense.com. Uh, there you can find a feed of our episodes. You can find some links to our uh, Discord community, uh, which is very nice and fun. Um, also, uh, links to our social media. We're on Twitter at Rankin Vilecast, and we're on Instagram at Rankin Vile. We also, uh, I just got a notification the other day that someone subscribed to our um, our YouTube channel. So, oh, what's nice. up, Duncan? <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Hi. Um, where you can follow our playlists of uh, tie-in raps to horror movies. Yeah, yeah. And actually, we're you know, I, the thing is, I just uh, finished up a gig that was taking up a lot of my free time. So, I'm going to be adding a bunch more stuff now that I have some free time. Uh, so yeah, go on and check that out. Check out our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash frankenvile. Um, we are just about everywhere you want to listen. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, barring that, that is about all I've got. Anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks. Bye.